<laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We, I've just got a little warning at the top of this episode that confusion will abound. Yes. There is lots of confusion in this episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots. I've just about had enough of you. I think you'll be able to respect a husband who's probably pulled the scientific boner of all time. In my case, sir, the question is totally without meaning. Irony, one of the funniest forms of humor. I have made a woman. The tinsmith forgot to give me a heart. Sinkhole is never wrong. Never wrong. Hello. And welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots with Matt Brown. Hello. And Stephen Murray. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, we are in the midst of an Asimov mini-season. Um, every year, it's our tradition to do something Asimov-related on or around Asimov Day, which is the 2nd of January. Um, however, this little story that we've been spinning has been taken up so much space that we've had to extend it to a second episode Uh, if you missed the first episode go back and have a listen it's very good Um, it's all about the 2004 uh, will smith vehicle irobot which we noticed in the credits is referenced as a story suggested by isaac asimov which seems strange to us because isaac asimov has got a blinking book called iRobot, but the film is not based on that book. It is based on a story created by, what's his name, Iano Binder? I know, it's a difficult one. It's a a portmanteau of a name. Iando, E-A-N-D-O, Iando Binder, which is a combination of Earl Binder and Otto Binder. Ah. It's a portmanteau. Well, what it is, is I've just seen... It's so it, yeah, as you say, it's E, the letter E, yeah, A N D O, and it's E and O, binder. Ah, so E for Earl, O for Otto, E and O binder. So yeah, so I robot the story is E and O binder's story. Yes. So Isaac Asimov then ro- loved that story and wrote some stories that were kind of adjacent to that story about robots and can robots become human and all that sort of stuff but didn't want the book to be called irobot his pub his publishers sort of like uh, did it without consulting him and so i think that's where the confusion arose and so irobot the film is not based on that it's mu- it's sort of much more influenced by that original irobot story but today we're not going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about the episodes of the outer limits Two of them, both called iRobot, one from 1964 and one from 1995. Yes. I think it's important to point out that after reading um, Eando Binder's uh, stories, he didn't want his robot stories to be Frankenstein robots, as in they were fearful. They'd been created and they were monsters. We wanted to completely get away from that. Right, okay. Isaac Asimov did. Yes, and and actually, the Frankenstein story does play quite heavily in the iRobot stories by Ian O'Binder and then the ones created for The Outer Limits. Yes. Yeah. And it was mentioned in iRobot, the 2004 film. Yes, but that is... I mean, it's all just so confusing, isn't it? It is. Very much so. <laughs> it's so confusing. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. So... The 1964 
TV show, The Outer Limits, had an episode called iRobot. So the story, I'm assuming, I've not read the Endo Binder story, but is the plot of the TV show iRobot based on the, on that story, that original story? It's almost identical. In the credits, do they reference the story? Yes, they do. It's a combination of two short stories. The 1939 iRobot and the 1939, also 1939, The Trial of Adam Link. Okay. So the story essentially is that a, a kind of doctor, a professor called Charles Link, creates a robot called Adam. And at the beginning of the uh, TV show, Adam is sort of <laughs> is sort of on the run and he encounters a few different people. He's being chased by the police. He encounters a little girl who he who was in a in a, a, a stream and he pulls her out of the stream. And um, then he decides to give himself up to the police and it transpires that Dr. Charles Link is dead and that everyone thinks that Adam has done it, only we know that Adam hasn't done it. And so for most of the of the episode concerns itself with the trial of the robot yeah, to see whether or not he is guilty, I suppose, of the of the murder. But it's actually it's sort of it's slightly more complicated than that within the story, isn't it? In that it's not a trial. No, it's it's a it's they can't put him on trial because he's not human. All they can do is dismantle him, which is what they want to do Mm. right from the very outset when he's in jail. the, the, the main sheriff says, we're going to dismantle him. And then Charles Link's niece comes in and says, no, he's like, uh, he's, he's been like a friend to me. He's, he is human. He's got feelings and uh, he, you cannot dismantle him. So then they bring a humanitarian in to try and convince everybody that he should go to, should have a trial. It's a, again, it's a, it's slightly confusing. I thought that in that it's a trial and not a trial. It's but it's not said, a trial. And yeah. it's, but essentially, at the end of the of the episode, at the end of the trial, Adam's defense attorney, who's called Cutler, kind of does this monologue where he says that actually Adam isn't on trial, but that humanity is on trial, society yeah. is on trial. Of course, the district attorney is not really trying a robot for murder. We both knew from the beginning that he is trying all of society on the concept of the robot itself, on progress, on science, on the future, on the ability of society to control what it creates. If you find Adam Link guilty, you are convicting society of irresponsibility. You are telling society to put away it's yearning for a better world. It's hunger for a better way of life. It's reaching for the stars. And the, the prosecution lawyer says, it basically says, yes, you're right, society is on trial and that there's this technology and it's moving too fast and we don't know what its potential is and we don't know what the dangers are and that's why uh, Adam should be destroyed. So that's the sort of like, there's this sort of, I suppose this metaphor playing out, but then that they really, they like lean into that metaphor at the end of the, at the end of the episode. Yeah. They're setting a precedent for the, for the proliferation of robots. Yeah. There's some uh, interesting opening narration um, to the episode 
where which sort of evokes uh, God and religion. It says, God, God looked, looked upon, upon his world, world and called it good, but man was not content. He looked for ways to make it better and built machines to do the work. But in vain we build the world, unless the builder also grows. Very good. <laughs> and um, so it's quite interesting that it's a, a lot of the story is about humans, the a humans reach exceeding their grasp. Yeah, it's very Prometheus. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It, it is. It really does lean into that. And spoiler alert, at the end of the trial, after an incident where Adam goes berserk and wrecks the, wrecks the courtroom, the judge uh, orders that he be destroyed. And he's, but they the, force him to go berserk. They, well, they do, don't they? They, they take out some circuitry or, or, yeah. or block some circuitry. And so he goes berserk. That's right. And then, as as Adam is is led out of the courtroom, the little hideous girl, little girl. It's the, the same little, girl. Yeah, the little girl who he'd saved once before from the the stream runs across a road just as a truck is hurtling towards her. Uh, Adam sees this, breaks free of his of his handcuffs, and pushes the girl out of out of the way. But then gets run over by the truck and is destroyed in the accident. Yeah, he's very flimsy. Yes. At which point Cutler, his attorney, sardonically notes, well, the terrible monster won't ever harm anybody again. And then walks, <laughs> walks off. And the little girl's mother is, I mean, she doesn't even say thank you, does she? No, not at all. Terrible. And then there's some closing narration on this, which says, out of every disaster, a little progress is made. Man will build more robots and learn how to make them better. And given, given enough, enough time, time he, he may, may learn, learn how, how to do the same for himself. Oh, bravo, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there's lots of, there's lots of things going on, aren't there? As you say, there's Prometheus going on, there's Frankenstein in there. I mean, yeah, because the robot has read Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, and, and then reenacts... <laughs> Or seemingly reenacts the scene from Frankenstein, where yeah. Frankenstein tries to kill the girl, to kill unwittingly kills the girl in the film. In the film, it does, yes. Which was taken out and not put back in until the eighties. Really? Yeah. That's all. Yeah, but the scene that was left in made him look worse. So yes, in the, that's in right. the, yeah, he throws. They're, they're both really happy and throwing flowers in, and then they run out of flowers. So he throws her into the water to see if she floats. But in the cut. He's literally just leering towards her with his hands out, so it just makes it look like he's he's throttled her. Yeah, yeah. But interestingly, that sort of sense of not knowing what's going on that that Frankenstein experiences in that in that moment with the girl when he throws her in the the water because they've been throwing flowers in, so he does the same with her. It's sort of mirrored, isn't it, in this when um, Adam sees the accident that has killed uh, Doctor Link. Which is that he, he, Doctor Link is working in his workshop, and a, and a massive bit of machinery falls on him, yeah, um, and and hits his head, and and Adam doesn't really know what to do, and he's no. sort of saying, um, "Speak to me, please, Doctor. I don't know what to do." And oh, you shouldn't have that on your head. That <laughs> you're really flexing your acting abilities today, aren't you? I mean, they're, they're all here. 
<laughs> we've got we've gone from John Gielgud to Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so that 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 was quite reminiscent of that scene in Frankenstein. Yeah, that, yeah. there's an innocence. That scene, yes, there is, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he and he learns a lot from from his uh, doctor. Dr. Link's niece and there's a relationship there yeah. and he has to be taught things. There's a lot of sequences where you see him learning. Yes. And he's also, he's, he's innocent, but he's also incredibly powerful and, yes. and actually understands that, doesn't he? Because there's a, a scene where he's in a, a prison cell and he, he bends the bars to show that he could easily he can escape. get out. Yeah. yeah. But then re-bends them back uh, because he wants, I suppose, to, for, to let the the process take place, yeah, and he gives himself up, so yeah. he fully understands that he can be destroyed. Yes, he does. Um, yeah. Do you think that he knows he's going to die at the end? I mean, do you think that that's why he saves the little girl? No, no. I think that 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 scene is to show that he has humanity. I think the little monologue at the end of that misses the point. Go on. What the closing narration? Yeah, because I think the, the I think the whole point of it is that he he does show humanity. He sacrifices himself. Yeah, to he save does. the the little whiny, whingy, lying girl. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid, stupid girl. Yeah. Now this this iteration of iRobot falls within our fifty year time frame. Oh yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. So I th- I feel like we should rate the robot in this. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah? Yeah. Strong but, seven for me. Well, hang on a second. Oh, hold, hold your ponies your there, Pamela. Horses, mate. <laughs> because I would like to instigate a new way of, new a, a new old way of scoring our robots. I was listening to a, an old episode where we rated them in different categories. And I wonder whether that might be a better way of doing it than, than than just giving them one number. So how about we rate we rate our robots from from this moment forward? Give we rate them out of um, we give them two numbers. So you've got a, a mark out of five for the way they look, and a mark out of five for whether they they fulfil the job that they're designed for. And then we add those two together, and then that's out of ten. Actually, so, I think this is possibly a better way of doing it because the robots from now on in are going to get a little bit more sophisticated yes so our our scoring system can reflect that yes so what did you think of the way the robot look what the way adam looks in this loved it it's it's quite a departure i think it it functioned it moved it can (laughs) run i liked it i liked his face i mean for me i felt that he looks just like a robot homer simpson (laughs) <laughs> yes and he does and he sort of sounds a little bit like if you robotized Homer's voice as well I read every book in Dr. Link's library there was one volume on law <laughs> I am a robot do what I say he's bald he's monkey mouthed um, he's got duck tubing arms and he's got a, a sort of like an opening in his tummy like a kitchen cabinet <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say as well that there's, I mean, it just, there's no sense. I mean, the, the the actor inside it is just being, I mean, there's no sense of him trying to imbue the robot with any robotic movement. I mean, the scene, I don't, don't know if you can remember the scene where 
where um, Adam is in the library reading a book when he hears the the, the sort of machinery fall on on uh, Doctor Link, and he just he just leaps up and runs <laughs> runs out of the room like well like he's a human. That is it's such a departure from the robots we've seen previous. So what have we? So it, this is sixty four, isn't it? Yeah. They've all been lumbering bots. No, that is not true, I don't think. Isn't it? So 64 is The Earth Dies Screaming, which had the... (laughs) 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 That was the sound of Stephen (laughs) Moe spitting out his teeth. So, yeah, so The Dice Falls, The Earth Dice Screen. They were the glam rock robots. They were the glam rock robots, which we both gave high marks for the way that they looked. Uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is 64. Cardboard boxes. Prior to that, we've got Creation of the Humanoids, 62. Planet of Storms is 62. (gasps) So that's two that we gave good marks for. Ah, yeah. Well, you're saying we gave good marks to them. We did, but they were lumbering. They were lumbering, yeah. I think think Adam is quite articulate. Humanoids weren't lumbering. they were well. They were proper androids, aren't they? Yeah, they were. They were. They made no bones about it. They didn't they wrap didn't. themselves up in in tin foil and they wrapped themselves up in really stupid <laughs> costumes. <laughs> um, okay, so it no, feels I'm like, going for, I think yeah. he's uh, when I first saw him, I thought, oh wow, this is considering it's TV. Yeah, I thought it was quite a nice departure. Okay. Um, so what would you give him them out of five for, for out the way? Out of five. Oh, three. Three. Okay, I'm gonna i I'm gonna say a I wanna say a two for that. Well of course you are. I wanna say a two. <laughs> okay, I could I could stretch to a three. Let's stretch to Can a you? three. All right. Okay, and then what about like fit for purpose? I mean it's a it's a miscarriage of justice, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's it, it's he's he didn't he he didn't kill the doctor. Oh no, he fills he's got his Asimov badge. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, very much so. Sacrifice himself at the end. I mean, I'm prepared to give him, I don't know, maybe a four? Oh, go on then, yeah. I'll give him a four. So then that makes him a seven. Because that's four plus three is seven, yeah. Okay. And seven is our is our is our lower limit benchmark, isn't it? If you're if you're a seven or above, you're not a shit robot. Which brings us nicely to the nineteen ninety-five Outer Limits reboot iRobot. It's quite an interesting one to do, and they do they do give it a, a completely different twist. But yeah, they do, don't they? I mean, yeah. so the the story is almost the same in that there's a doctor called Doctor Link who creates a robot called Adam, and Doctor Link is killed, and uh, Adam goes on trial, and he has a, a an attorney called Cutler. In this, though, the the niece becomes the, a daughter, except for the fact that at the beginning we we are sh- shown Doctor Link's death, and we know that Adam is responsible for the death. Yes, we get a POV. Yeah, we get Adam's POV, and we see his hand like throttling Doctor Link, and then he throws him at a wall, and Doctor Link falls down the wall, and there's a trail of blood, and he jumps out of a window. Yeah, well, he sort of falls out of a window, doesn't he? Yeah, he does actually. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is Adam, not Dr. Link. Um, and then a police officer confronts Adam and Adam comes to his senses, except that the police officer shoots Adam, but a bullet ricochets from Adam's robotic body and hits the police officer in the arm. It's not a, it's just a kind of graze that he gets. So he is put on trial 
And this time, Leonard Nimoy, who was in the... Did we say that Leonard Nimoy is in the first? No, we didn't mention Leonard Nimoy was the uh, journalist in yeah. the 1960s one. Yes. So in the 60s one, the journalist is sort of like the ringmaster in a way, isn't it? He sort of like kind of brings brings the trial together. Yeah, he pulls it together. Yeah. He's the one who gets in contact with the uh, humanitarian attorney. Yes. And But in, in the 1995 version, Leonard Nimoy plays the attorney. He does. He plays Cutler. Yes. I'll get you, Cutler. I was doing that in my head. <laughs> I hate you, Cutler. Oh, I hate you. I hate you, but... I hate you. I hate you. And it turns out that, that in a way, though, that this similarity but difference here is that um, Adam is not responsible for the death of the oh. Doctor, even though he did he did kill the Doctor he he basically the doctor at the time was trying to kind of change his programming so that uh, he could rewrite it and turn him into a into a, a ro- in, into a weapon yeah for the for a defense contractor and at the end of the trial it goes adam's way and the court finds that adam is a person and that he can stand trial for murder which is what his attorney wanted because he thinks that he'd be able to get him off that murder charge but as he's being led away adam sees the prosecuting attorney in danger of being run over and rescues her sacrificing himself in the process oh she's quite mean in the program as well isn't she she is but she's but she's, she's doing her job she's just doing her job and at the end she re- i think she recognizes the error of her ways and yeah, she stands she over does. the broken body of adam <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the world's first humanized robot <laughs> yeah so that there were lots of things that I liked about this. I liked the fact that there were lots of lots of little Easter eggs in in this, weren't there? Yeah. The company that the Doctor works for, Doctor Link works for, was called Rossum Rossum Robotics, uh... which I thought was very nice. Plus, the fact that Leonard Nimoy was in it as well was a nice nod back to the original um, original TV show. Which I, I thought was. was good. Directed by his son. Yes, Adam Nimoy. Yes. What did you think of this this sort of retooling of the story? Uh, For me, it's really interesting the difference between the decades. It's definitely like the 90s. Yeah. Um, You know, it's reflected the paranoia of the time. We've we've re-gone through the kind of the 70s paranoia of of, uh, big business and big pharma. And it's now the the nineties were focusing on like the CIA and and uh, defense ministries, yeah. And that that really and and they're still like black ops, and they were still incredibly incredibly sinister. Whereas these these things are supposed to be there to protect everybody, and they're supposed to be comforting arms, but they always end up being incredibly sinister and after lots and lots of money. Yes, there's a scene, isn't there, where a, a big limo. And a sinistery kind of like autocrat slightly kidnaps Thurman Cutler and tells him that the the case has to go against Adam, but um, that sort of makes Cutler even more determined to to get a good result for Adam. Like all science fiction, it's not about the future; it's always about the time it's written in. Absolutely, yeah. And I liked particularly when Adam leaves the courthouse. This kind of like slightly sinister politician is watching from from across the street and 
<laughs> sees, sees what happens, like what sees that the truck runs him over and then just lights a massive cigar like he's orchestrated this whole thing. This whole sort of like he has <laughs> this sort of like killing of Adam and then walks off into the shadows. When was Ronald Reagan president? 80 to 88. So this would have been in Bill Clinton's tenure. It was it's very Reagan Reagan-esque though. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's that got that slight paranoia, hasn't it? The sort of Yeah, yeah. That Kennedy assassination paranoia of of uh, you know shadowy figures in dark rooms pulling pulling the strings. What about the robot? We don't have to rate this robot because it's it's full outside of our of our fifty years. But what did you think of the? It looked the, all right. It looked very nineties, didn't it? It did look very nineties. It's got that kind of pushed in face, and and then the rest of the bodies did. It, they made an attempt, didn't they, with the rest of the body with the the joints and the links and the yeah. pistons and the, yes. I mean, I, I, the first, the first Outer Limits is in black and white, but but it it feels very much like Adam in that is gold and silver, yeah, and and the robot in and Adam in the nineteen ninety five is d- very dark, dirty grey. Starts out shiny, ends up grubby. Yes, very grubby. So, if, is there anything else to say about iRobot? I don't think so. I think that covers everything. I think that's done, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not. I don't feel. I, I don't feel like um, Isaac Asimov stole anything. No, I don't either. I don't feel like. I, th- I think um, he, he appreciated the original stories. Yeah, uh, and he, he 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 took his own twist on it. And like everything he does, because he was unbelievably prolific. Five hundred books he wrote. That's incredible, isn't it? I know. Uh, wrote and edited. Right. He was pro- so prolific. It, it it was amazing, and I think what he did was was he he he's up there in the in the top three science fiction writers along with Heinlein and um, Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, uh, and so he was just amazing. So and I think he 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 fully he fully admitted that you know he was inspired by these stories, and then he went on to do his own great, beautiful, wonderful twists that are still with us today. Yeah. And Even I mean, on a philosophical level, they are still here. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you, you think about the first of these Outer Limits is is much more prominently people being afraid of technology yeah. or how quickly we we create this sort of stuff and and yet sort of morality and the sort of safety nets sort of yeah, lag yeah. behind, don't they? And so and I think that's what that first one seems to be exploring. There's and also a bit of peasants are revolting in it as well. Yeah. But I mean, the, these are the, these are you sort of think that that's it's also a theme of Frankenstein. Yep. Um, and it's a theme throughout our journey through fifty years of shit robots. We've come time and time again against films that pitch robots as technology, and people are fearful of technology. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that sort of uh, seems to be sort of at the heart of Asimov's and Asimov's work, and I really like that because his the robots in his stories or the stories that I've read are are not harmful. It's about exploring that where 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 humanity begins, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Where that spark it's begins, exploring our own humanity through something that's a simplified version of us, which is which is easier to project onto. Yeah. Yeah. And also like we were talking in the previous episode about the film and and how the fa- the fact that the film 
is not based on Isaac Asimov's iRobot. But actually, I quite like what they've done in terms of the that they've created something. They've used aspects of his work, yeah, and and fused other things together, original stories and and other stories. The thing I, about the two thousand and four though film, the Will Smith vehicle, is that they had they do not point at all in any direction to the original short story no by ian or binder yeah which is a shame isn't it very much a shame but i mean i suppose in a way as well it's nice because we've been able to shine a light on ian o binder's um work yeah which carried on for an awful long time yeah good job sweet all right so with that said we are going to um power down and go into our little cupboards for another week. <laughs> you go into your cupboard and I'll go into my closet. <laughs> very good. I'm not sure you've you've been in there for a very long time, have you? It's very dusty. <laughs> I don't think it was ever occupied, frankly. <laughs> oh. Right, so we'll see you uh, in a week's time. And we are going to be looking at our first film proper of the series. So we got a note last at the end of last the last season saying that we should mention, try and mention what the film is before we do it a week before so that, so that people have a chance to go and watch it. Yeah. Should we give him a shout out? Yeah, go on. Bryn. Bryn. He's a, he's a big fan, Bryn. Yes. Brilliant. All right, thank you, Bryn. It's a great idea. Brilliant. And we are going to <laughs> we're going to action it. <laughs> so if you want to listen next time, we're going to be chatting about the 1967 film King Kong Escapes, which is going to be I'm so looking forward to because we will be enjoying the presence of a Mecha Kong. <laughs> so until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. We now return control of your television set to you until next week at this same time when the control voice will take you to the outer limits. I am a robot. Do what I say.